0: Good morning, everybody. This is a new experience as we are live on uh, Facebook. Welcome to the Palm Beach Church. We are excited. doing our first live stream here on a Sunday morning. I know youth and family had their class on Friday, and uh, we're going to try this again Wednesday night for our midweek. But today is our first Sunday live stream, so I want to welcome everybody. Welcome those that are already joining us, uh, those that... uh, typically come on Sunday. Those that don't, great to have you here. Uh, We're going to go ahead and start off with a word of prayer, and then we will be reading from Exodus chapter 3. But let's go ahead and start off with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for being able to come together, even though we are all apart. We thank you that through your spirit, we're able to stay united. We thank you that through the technology that we have, we're able to do things like this, and be able to study the Word together. Father, I pray for uh, all those that are working hard in the medical field and uh, keeping people safe out on the street and the road. Um, Father, I pray for them, bless them, uh, guard them. And I, Father, pray for all of us now as we put aside whatever other things are worrying us and concerning us, and we listen to your Spirit. I pray, Father, that as we hover around your word this morning, we'll allow your spirit to speak to each one of us, we'll allow your word, Father, to challenge us, to encourage us. Father, we will stop and listen and realize your greatness. Father, I pray that your spirit will come upon all of us, regardless of where we're at this morning, so that we can understand your spiritual truth. We love you, pray in Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're in Exodus chapter three. This is a new experience, and it's kind of strange looking at it here on the on the screen. We do have uh, people here, and for those of you that come usually on Sunday, you know, for a long time, uh, always talk about Sunday mornings, about being in the living room, and always welcome people to our living room as we meet in the auditorium to kind of give that living room feel. So this morning, we are literally in my living room. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. <laughs> and the other thing that we always talk about is about not just bringing people to church, but bringing church to the people. And yeah. Yeah, I know for these last few weeks especially, we have no choice but to bring church to the people. So I pray that even as we are out, uh, even as we're concerned, even as some of us uh, have to stay in the house, that we are still showing the world what it means to be a citizen of God's kingdom. In Exodus chapter three, we've been looking at. We, we for the beginning of the year, uh, we are studying the Pentateuch, and uh, we've looked at Genesis. We started in Exodus a couple weeks ago uh, from chapter one. I talked about the kingdom and what it, what the kingdom is like, what it means to be in the kingdom. Uh, then we looked at the citizens of the kingdom, and last week had challenges for the citizens of kingdom of God. In Exodus chapter 3, the title this morning is simply the king. I want to take a moment as we read these verses to remember or to realize the greatness of the king that we serve in the kingdom of God. So read with me in Exodus chapter 3. I'm going to ask as you uh, get ready, hopefully you're comfortable there in your your own house, but get your Bibles out. Read with us Exodus chapter 3 When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, And I am concerned about their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land. The land flowing with milk and honey. The home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me. And I've seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Let's just stop there. Uh, we're going to focus on these first 10 verses. And like I said, the first thing I want us to do is consider the greatness of the king. And it is kind of strange speaking here uh, with this mic. Even though it is a cool looking mic, they wanted to hide it. I wanted to keep it because it's a cool looking mic. And we do have people here. I know they're being very quiet. Nobody knows <laughs> how to be. Come on
1: up.
0: Let's consider the greatness of the king. And here's the first thing, is how he reaches out in some incredible ways. Think about how God reaches out to people. Think about this story. Think about your own life. What did God do? What did God use? I mean, the way the king reaches out to others, brings us into his kingdom, reminds us us of who he is. I mean, he does this in incredible ways. Waves. In this story of Moses, he's speaking to Moses through a bush, through a burning bush. I mean, think about all the think about all the money that goes into an advertisement of trying to reach people, trying to get people's attention. Uh, think about the greatest ad you've ever seen. Think about all the time that goes into it, all the thought that goes into it. I mean, it's the greatest commercial you've ever seen, the greatest ad you've ever seen, that you're like, man, there's commercials that I remember from three years ago. But nobody does it like God. Nobody does it like the king. He's talking through a bush. He's talked through a donkey. He talks through a gentle whisper. He brought Samuel back from the dead, yes to rebuke Saul. No one does it like the king. He uses people, he uses events, he uses dreams, he uses situations. If you're not hearing the king, it's because you're not listening for the king.
1: Because
0: if he can talk through a bush, you know, sometimes we read the scriptures, and we're asking God, I found myself in this body, you know, I'm reading, I'm like, God, speak to me. God's like, man, I'm speaking to you all the time. You just got to Listen. We're hoping God talks to us through the scriptures. If he can talk through a bush, he can talk through his word. If he can talk through a bush, he can talk through his people. If he can talk through a bush, he'll talk to you through your dreams and through different situations. In Acts 17, it reminds us that God, you know, as Paul speaks to uh, the people in Athens, he says God has set us in different places. He's set up different times. So that we will seek him, so that we will reach out for him, even though he is not far from any one of us. How has God reached out to you in the past? Is he reaching out to you right now? Is he calling out for you right now? The greatness of the king. We see the greatness because he reaches out in incredible ways. The second thing I want us to realize about the king is how His presence can make anything holy. Now look at this again. In Exodus 3, and I'll, and I'll, I'll say this, I'll, for those of us that study the Bible or read the Scriptures, maybe you have your favorite chapters some favorite stories, and, and the longer you, you read and study the Bible, you start adding to that. right? How, your favorite Scriptures or your favorite chapters in the Bible. Uh, to 30 years, I have about seven of those chapters. Exodus 3 is one of them. And here's one of, my, one of the things... That I love about Exodus chapter 3. It's notice here. First of all in in verse 1. It says that when. When Moses went to Oreb the mountain of God. Oreb wasn't considered the mountain of God. Until after this. It wasn't called the mountain of God before this. It never comes up in the scriptures. It was just Oreb means desolate. It means desert. God made it the mountain of God. And not only that. consider. In verse 5, so think about this scene. Moses is up there, right in this mountain, with the sheep. Yes, they're grazing, they're walking, they're peeing. I think we can say that. There's a PG-13. So hopefully we understand that. But I mean, think about what the sheep do on this. But when God shows up, that ground is holy. I mean, Moses might have been out there many times. But once God shows up, he says, Moses, you got to take off your sandals. For this ground is holy. Wow. Since when? Since God showed up. The greatness of the king. He takes the ordinary and makes it extraordinary, he takes the normal and makes it holy. In Romans 8, Chapter 15, it says, The Spirit you received does not make you slaves. This is Romans 8, chapter chapter 8, verse 15 and 16. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. See, when God shows up, we're his creation, but when God shows up and he enters our, our life, when he enters ourself, we go from being his creation to his children. The king does that because the king can make anything holy. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 9-11, if you can't turn there, just write it down. And you can study these scriptures afterwards. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 through 11, it says, Or don't you know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor the drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers, will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some of you were. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. And then he continues on and says this in verse 19. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own, you are bought at a price, therefore honor God with your bodies. But think about that passage for a second. He said, God says, you know, he takes addicts, he takes drunkards, he takes the sexually immoral, he takes the greedy, he takes the liars, and he makes them temples. Mm -hmm. Only the king can do that. Mm -hmm. That's the greatness of the king. He takes the human, he takes dirt people made out of dust, and he turns them into his temple Mm -hmm. where he lives by his spirit. That's the greatness of the king that we serve. The third thing I want us to take notice of here is who he chooses. He reaches out in incredible ways. The king makes anything holy. And the king chooses unlikely people. I mean, think about Moses. And I know Moses is a great leader, right? We look at Moses, he's a great leader in the Bible. the things that he did, the miracles later on in his life. I said, There's no, there was no other prophet like Moses, no other uh, person like Moses. Moses did incredible things. But when he was called, he was about 80 years old. He was not living like an Israelite. We know from the story later on in the next chapter, he hadn't even circumcised his son. So he wasn't living like an Israelite. When they, In fact, when Jethro's daughters first met him, they saw him as an Egyptian. He was 40 years old. Last time we read about Moses in chapter 2. And last time we read Moses, you know, he, he's living in Pharaoh's, as one of Pharaoh's kids, the Pharaoh's daughter's children. He's living in, uh, uh, with that family. And finally, uh, he starts noticing the injustices going on with his own people and with the Israelites. And we read in, in, the, in the second chapter of Exodus how you know, he sees the injustice, he he, he sees a, an Israelite being uh, abused by an Egyptian, he kills the Egyptian, then the next day he gets in an argument with the two Israelites, with the two Hebrews, he has to leave, he ends up here, now he's 80 years old, and I mean, don't take this the wrong way, but when I think about Moses here, I think about just a, I, I shouldn't say just, I think about a angry 80 year old guy. An 80-year-old, an old guy with anger issues. That's my view of Moses right here. He's an old man with anger issues. I'll tell you why that's encouraging. I don't know where you're watching this from, but I live in Boynton Beach. There's a lot of old guys with anger issues in Boynton Beach. So this gives us hope. I might see an old guy with anger issues. You know what God sees? The next leader of his people. Only the king can do that. I mean, he takes Moses... Who, he's passionate, right? He's got all kinds of zeal, but he killed the guy when he was 40. Now he's 80 years old, and he's probably thinking about what he did 40 years ago, mm-hmm. right? This time he's just a shepherd living in a, as a foreigner. He says, I'm living as a foreigner in a foreign land. And maybe he got to that point of his life where he's talking about what he was, and what he did. And maybe he's thinking about, man, I remember that time where I stood up for, for my people and I did this. And he thinks about all the things he did 40 years ago. But God's saying, you're not done yet. We're just getting started. And I say this to remind us that, you know, we can look at our own life and we can think, man, I mean, I, I used to do great things. I remember when I used to fast. I remember when I used to reach out to people every day. I remember when I had zeal. I remember when I was able to serve If you're still breathing today, God's not done with you. Because that's the greatness of the king. Even when we think, man, why did he choose me before? Moses probably thinks the same thing. Man, I was full of zeal when I was 40. I was ready. I was energized. Man, I, I wanted to do something. God's like, no, no, now is when you're ready. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26, it says this, verse 26 to 29. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things, the things that are not, to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. See, because it's about his greatness and not our own. It's about his greatness. 1 Corinthians reminds us here, he doesn't, you, know, you know he chooses you? If you are a chosen son, a chosen daughter of God, this is the pool that he chose you from. The foolish, the weak, the lowly, the despised, the nothings. So whenever you think, it's like, man, God chose me because I had a lot to bring to the table. No, that's not why he chose you. He chose you because you were either foolish or you were weak or despised or lowly or a combination of all these four or five things. This is who the king chooses. You know why? Because it makes the king look great. In the kingdom, I believe sometimes our, our human talents can get in the way because we start thinking it's about us. We start thinking it's about what I can do, and we forget. No, it's about the greatness of the king, and he chooses us because the one thing he expects from us, I believe is the same today as we read in the book of Micah, that what he requires is for us to act justly, to love mercy. And to walk humbly with our God. That's in Micah chapter 6 verse 8. And I believe it's still the same today. He wants us to act justly. Love mercy. And walk humbly with him. The greatness of the king is seen by who he chooses. He chooses the unlikely people. And I want us to, to really realize this. Because as you read the book of Exodus. And you see all the things that, X, that, that Moses does. Now, again, you'll see the angry old man come out. Right? He comes down the mountain with the, with the commandments, with the Ten Commandments, and the people are out there and they're partying. And what does he do? Does he lay it down? No, he throws the commandments down. Then he's got a, that walk of shame back up the mountain. It's like, uh, Lord, you know those tablets? Can I get another set of those? When you read that story, God says, okay, this time you write it down. When he tells them to talk to the rock for water to come out. He does it good a couple of times, but you know, hey, look, I'm not blaming Moses. Okay. All those kids, we'll be praying for each other next week when we become homeschool teachers. Uh, <laughs> but we didn't sign up for it. So I can relate to Moses. And, and, and lucky there won't be any cameras here when I try teaching math. So first and second grader, let's pray for one another.
1: Amen.
0: <laughs> the greatness of the king is seen on how he reaches out in such incredible ways. The greatness of the king is seen in how he can make anything holy. Regardless, of. He, it's not like, oh man, God doesn't know who, no, God knows exactly who you are. His presence makes us holy, not our Perfection. It is his presence that makes it holy. The greatness of the king is seen in who he chooses. He chooses unlikely characters. And lastly, the greatness of the king is seen on how he notices. On how he notices. In verse 7 here of Exodus chapter 3, it says, The Lord said, I have indeed seen. The misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave robbers, and I am concerned about their suffering. They might have thought God forgotten, but if we, we talked about this. Or I talked about this last Sunday. Not that God forgotten us, that they needed to get to the point where they were crying out to God, where they realized their need for God. But God, He reminds. He tells Moses here. He reminds us he, in this verse. He sees. He hears. He's concerned. Whatever you're going through right now, whatever the struggle is, whatever the situation is, he sees, he hears, he's concerned. Now, in verse 8, he says, now I've come down to rescue them, right? So, I mean, it took a minute, and it might take a minute now. And you might ask, well, why? If God sees and he hears uh, and he's concerned why am I going through this situation? I don't have the answer for that. I know a lot of times he's waiting for us to grow through things and not just go through things. He's waiting for us to grow through these situations so that we can get to that point where we're ready to accept his help. To where we are uh, in that spot, in that situation when we realize that the help that we're getting is from him. But he sees, he hears, he's concerned. You know, think about the story in Luke chapter 7 where there's a widow with their one son, it says, who, who's dead. And, and he's going, I think in the town of Nain in Luke 7, verse 12 to 14. But when he sees the woman crying, he says, don't cry. And he touches the casket. The young boy gets up. And, and just one of the many stories where Jesus, he sees, he hears, he's concerned. When the leper goes up to him and says, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And I think that's one of the struggles sometimes with people. It's not that they doubt the power of God. They doubt the willingness Mm -hmm. of God. And Jesus reminds them, I am willing. Be clean. I think as citizens of this kingdom, of serving this great king, we need to remind people of that. God sees, he hears, he's concerned. He might not do things according to your time. He might not even do things in the way that you think. Yeah. I and mean, you imagine Moses, and we'll talk more about this next week because we'll continue Exodus 3 next, next Sunday. Join us right back here, Facebook Live, Palm Beach Church. <laughs> Just throwing that in there. Yeah. But can you imagine Moses, when he first hears this story, and, and God's like, hey, I've heard, I've seen, I'm concerned, and I'm going to rescue them. And maybe Moses for a minute was like, man, amen, it's about time. And then he hits him with, yeah, and I'm going to send you. See, we don't know where the answer is going to come from. But we know this. God sees, God hears, and he's concerned. That's the greatness of the king. And then in verse 10, here in chapter 3, he tells Moses, So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. You know, how does a king want to use you today? What's he calling you? And we're going to look at next Sunday the concerns that Moses had. Let's call them concerns. The concerns that he had. But before we even get to that, I want us to realize that before we get to the point where we can hear God's call for each one of us. Notice at the beginning here of Exodus 3 what Moses had to do. He had to stop. (laughs) As he saw that burning bush, he had to stop. He stopped and saw that burning bush. It says in verse, this from verse 2 to 4. He stopped and saw that burning bush. He stopped and considered what he was seeing. He's like, man, what is this? This is a strange sight. And again, you might think, well, yeah, of course it's going to stop. How many great things we don't pass by? We do not even notice it. We might be going by people. Even now, I know we're all quarantined, but I know some of you, you're cheating out there, and you're going out, and you're grabbing whatever you need to grab. Are we going by people and noticing their anxiety, their struggles, their sadness? How many times we don't go by people who are just waiting to hear something from God, but we don't stop? We don't stop and see. We don't stop and consider. Man, I wonder what this person's going through. As we go out, I sure hope that we are showing gratitude to those that are out there and still working and serving and, and trying to give us Uh, So they're trying to keep us living in in the life that we're we're accustomed to living. Do we stop and see? Do we stop and consider? We need to stop and listen, as Moses did in verse 4. It says, as as God called out, Moses heard him. Here I am. Are we stopping to, you know, God does not scream over the noise. He's not going to scream over if we're getting up and the first thing we're doing, we're looking at the news. Look, it hasn't changed. There's a coronavirus. Maybe you haven't heard. It's gonna, it, we will let you know when it's over. We're looking at the news every day like, I wonder what else is new. I wonder what else happened. Look, I'm not saying don't keep up to date, but before we do that, why don't we go to God first and see what he says?
1: Yeah,
0: why don't we go to his word and listen to him? Because if we don't stop and listen, we will not hear what God has in store for you and for us. You need to stop and see. We need to stop and consider. We need to stop and listen. We need to stop and worship. It says that when Moses saw the bush, when he realized, you know, and it's incredible because, you know, he sees that burning bush and, and he's drawn to it, right? He's wondering, like, man, this is a strange sight. But once he realizes it's God, notice the reaction in verse 6. It says he hid his face. See, before we listen, before we we're able to, to to understand what the king is calling us to be and he's calling us to do or he's calling you to be or calling you to do specifically, you need to stop and worship the king. We need to stop and sit at his feet and remember and realize his greatness. And we see the greatness of, Of the King in the way that he reaches out to us the way he reaches out to people we see the greatness of the King in the way that he can make anyone holy he makes anything holy we see the greatness of the King by who he chooses and who he's able to use and the most unlikely people in going through the most unlikely things we see the greatness of the King By the way that he always sees, he hears, and he's concerned. Here's some questions I want us to to consider, to talk about. And, you know, maybe you're watching this by yourself. Maybe you have a small group. We have a small group here in the house. Uh, But I want to encourage you guys, even if you're there by yourself, there are so many different tools. Uh, And we'll be talking more about this as the week goes on. Uh, But there's so many different tools for us to still connect and be together even though we're apart, Um, but you can go, you can obviously call people, go on FaceTime, you can use Zoom, which is free, you can use uh, um, free, uh, I forgot the name of it, I didn't write it down, conference call, help me out, Lee, Uh, free conference call, uh, free conference call, it's, as the name says, free, free. Look at the website and you can set that up and you can still get it with your small group. Set that up today. Yeah. Consider these questions. And I think we're going to have it up on the screen. What is something God has done lately that is worthy of praise? Take a moment. I know, we're, I know we're crying out to God with whatever the needs and our anxiousness, and that's normal. But let's take some let's take a moment to consider what has God done lately that is worthy of praise? What is something God has taught you in the last couple of weeks? Again, let's stop and listen. What has God taught you in the last couple of weeks? Question number three, is it usually difficult difficult for you to stop and see, consider, listen, and worship? Is it usually difficult? For you to see, to consider, to listen. I'll tell you one thing about meeting in this way and about not being able to meet all together. You know, it, it, it's much like the coronavirus that so they're saying that those with low immune systems are the ones more susceptible. And I think spiritually it's the same thing. When we don't meet, when we don't gather as a big group, those with weak spiritual immune systems are going to be more susceptible. Those that depend on meeting together and on the gathering and your are one time a week to be a Christian is when we show up and when we're all together and that's the one time where you worship and that's the one time you listen, I will tell you right now, you might not make it. Oh, but that's what we'll be seeing. See, is it difficult for you when you're by yourself to see, to consider, to listen, to worship? And if it is, why? And question number four. Is there something God is calling you to do or to become that you're struggling with? Now, that's one to think about and pray about and then share it with somebody. That's not a quick answer. But take some time to think, man, is there something God, is? There, am I pushing it out? Is there something that I know God is calling me to do? Is there something that I know God is calling me to become and I'm struggling with? Think about that. Pray about that. Share it with somebody. We're going to keep the questions on. This video, by the way, for those that weren't able to see it now, you can let them know. We'll put it up on uh, YouTube, and it'll be on our page uh, this week. And then you can watch it, and you can send it out. But at this time, uh, we're going to have a prayer for the our communion, for the offering, and, and you know, it's a time where we, I, I know it's kind of Again, it's a strange time, especially if we're used to taking communion in little cups with a little piece of bread being passed around by ushers. Now, you could do that. You, could, you know, sit down. You have somebody give the, the plate, and you can you reenact that if you'd like. Uh, just want to get some things out of the way. I know we'll have some more teaching on this. Uh, I, Come on. It, it, okay. You know, otherwise, why stop here? Why stop here? You know, when Jesus first had the first supper, it was unleavened bread, but they were Jewish. If you're Jewish today, make sure you have unleavened bread. He also had wine, which we don't use. My point is this. Do the communion with unleavened bread. Do it with bread. Do it with wine. Do it with, you, with Jews. Most importantly is take a time to reflect on, who, on what Jesus did and mm-hmm. what the cross means to you. Here we're going to celebrate the communion with a time of fellowship, some Jupiter donuts, and a barbecue. That's how we're going to celebrate the Lord's supper. And when you read uh, uh, in Corinthians, certainly to that church, they used to have a love feast on Sunday. So really today we might be able to, to celebrate communion more like the first century, our first century brothers and sisters would do. Also with the giving. I know uh, these are times we're wondering, first of all, how to give. We're, we're working on different videos to uh, put out there this week. Uh, I want to thank Chanel, I want to thank Angelica, and all those that are working to put these videos together. Uh, we want to put some videos out uh, to teach us what are some of the tools out there. Uh, as far as, as, as the giving is concerned, uh, we'll have a slide right after this on how to give. Uh, you can give uh, online. If you go to palmbeach.church, there's a tab there on the right-hand corner. You press that tab. If you don't know what a tab is, it's three little lines. Click on that. And you'll see a different menu. There's one that says give. You can give on there. If you want to mail in the check, you can mail in the check. We'll have the address uh, on the screen afterwards. But I want to say this about the giving. If you don't give because you don't have, that's expected. And we've got to pray for each other. We've got to pray for those that aren't able to work right now, that, that are hourly workers, that aren't working. Let's pray for them. Let's be there. Let's not just pray for them, but let's make ourselves available. Let's share what we have. If you don't give out of fear that you won't have, that's it. So the first one's expected. You can only give from what you have. When we don't give out of fear that we won't have, that's it. So I want to encourage, I want to challenge the members of the Palm Beach Church. If we're still, like I said in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, we have so that we can give. You're still blessed with an income, with a job. And if you're blessed with a job where you don't have to work and an income, you're doubly blessed. (laughs) But those blessings are not just for ourselves. Remember, all the blessings from God is so that we can turn around and bless others. Let's share what we have with those that don't. Let's continue uh, to give to God however you're used to giving to God. And I have a challenge for us also. Because we're going to do like regular Sunday service. Set up a time with someone to meet during the week. Not a person. You can meet up virtually. A phone call. A FaceTime call. Many different ways you can do it. But set up a time before next Sunday to meet with somebody during the week. Let's continue to disciple one another. To encourage one another. To study the Bible together. Let's use the technology of this world to advance and strengthen the kingdom of God. Amen. I'm going to pray here in a moment, and then i got some, uh, some final announcements. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for who you are. You are an awesome God. You are a great king. For those of us, Father, that are citizens of your kingdom, I pray that we, we never forget that it's not about us, it's about you. Father, I pray that we we realize always that it's not just about your kingdom, but it's about you, the king. You have called us. You have used all kinds of people and situations. Father, you have instilled, you have put your spirit in us. And it is you that makes us special. It is you that makes us holy. And I pray for those of us who are citizens of your kingdom, those of us who are in Christ. God, that we will go out or or we will demonstrate to those around us, we will demonstrate by our faith, even as we are at home, by our attitude, we will demonstrate that we are your sons, we are your daughters. And as we celebrate the Lord's Supper today, we remember uh, the price that was paid so that we can have this relationship with you. Father, as we celebrate the Lord's Supper, we remember your son, we remember the cross, we remember the resurrection through which we are saved. And Father, as we give today, we give with the faith, Father, that you will, you always see, you always hear, you're always concerned. And Father, we give because you've given to us. I pray that for the rest of the day, Father, we can still enjoy fellowship. Father, that we will see your fruit in our life and will be used by you to share the gospel and serve the people. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just a couple of announcements before we sign off. Because, you know, it's not a Sunday worship service without announcements. So, Wednesday night, we will have a live stream midweek. Something we don't normally do, but we're going to do it this Wednesday night. So, check back with us right here at the Palm Beach Church uh, Facebook page. And we will have a midweek. uh, We'll live stream our midweek. And also... um, As of tomorrow, we're going to have some daily devotionals going out. Uh, There's some 12 different spiritual disciplines. The ministry staff, the elders, the elders' wives. uh, We've put together a a list uh, or daily devotional, and you'll be getting those. Uh, We'll make them available through our website. We'll also be sending them out to your small group leaders. And come Monday night, if you haven't received uh, the link to it or you haven't received that daily devotional, feel free to go on the website and email us. Again, at Church, you can email us, and we'll send it to you directly. Let's remember, regardless of the situation, we might be far apart, but we can still be together. Sharing the gospel, serving the people. God bless. Oh, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> That's another normal occurrence on the Sunday. Wait, wait, wait. Hey, turn the mic back on. Turn the mic back on. I forgot to make another announcement. We can't do that here, right? (laughs)